Are you ready for the end of the world? Listen to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again. The circle of family, the circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. Listen to your community spirit every Friday morning from 10 to 10.30. Ladies and gentlemen, coming to you live from the studio downtown Carbondale. This is your community spirit. This is Orda Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. And I'm pumped up <laughs> because today it's summer again. Yes, summertime. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of scary, but this is going to be supposedly a record hot day. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, worries me a bit about the climate, but at least it's, you know, comfortable climate weather. <laughs> this weather will pump you up. Yes. Tropical paradise. So, I am getting prepared for the solar tour. It's not this weekend, it's next weekend. Yes. And this year, I am more excited than ever because I'm finally getting some passive solar homes on the tour. Every year, I, I know there's a lot of them that were built in the early 80s. A passive solar home is a home that is designed so well that it needs very little um, electrical heating and cooling. Literally, um, the sun goes in the windows in the winter, but doesn't go in the windows in the summer. Yeah. That's a very basic concept. So, happenings? <coughs> yes, happenings. We've got... Uh Let's see, do you want to start with Bioneers? Yeah. <laughs> Always a good place to start. We've got the Heartland Bioneers coming up again this year. Uh, that's something we've been having for a few years now. Excited to have it back. Uh, the fourth annual Heartland Bioneers <coughs> conference is coming up October 19th through 21. You can go to heartlandbioneers.org for all of the details. But they're going to have the satellite speakers, as usual, the speakers who get beamed in from the Headwaters uh, Bioneers Conference. And they're going to have local a local program as well with local speakers and such. And uh, so it's coming up October 19th through 21st. It's exciting stuff. And most of the, most of the schedule is actually already <coughs> up on the website. Yeah. Heartlandbioneers.org. And the really exciting part is any SIUC student gets to go free. Yes. <laughs> but they still have to register. You still have to register, but you get to go free. There are people who are traveling six, seven, eight hours to come to this conference. And if you go to this university, you get to go free. You don't have to pay anything. You don't have to pay for travel. You don't have to pay for the conference. You don't have to pay for staying here. You don't have to pay for food. Well, you still have to pay for your normal food, but yeah, <laughs> travel food is more expensive. It is the little, uh, <laughs> you know, roadside things that you get in the little bags. It's not cheap. Yeah, but so yeah, because Carbondale is just such a cool place to be that SIU students get to go uh, for free, and other people get to come too for reasonable prices. Yeah, Friday they've got 
the uh, satellite speakers and they've got uh, those in the morning and then in the afternoon they've got local speakers and then at night they've got music and then Saturday and Sunday is more good speakers and good local events. So we'll have all the details on that, you know, probably the next week into as it gets closer we'll go into even more detail each time. But I, it's a conference. I go to a lot of environmental conferences, and I really like it because all the speakers are people who are speaking about what they do, not what you should do. Yeah. So that that makes a tremendous difference in my mind. Yeah. I don't like people who say, you should do this, you should do that, but don't do it themselves. Yeah, because it's inspirational because it also focuses on what they're doing rather than what you know bad people are doing <laughs> that's true it's that that does make a big difference so. yeah because everybody knows that there's all sorts of toxins being spewed out right now and global climate collapsing and such we know that but we but pioneers lets us know okay what positive things are going on that have the potential to change this so pioneers heartland pioneers.org that is in two weeks please register if you would like to go yes otherwise some local happenings. Let's see. Today is the Rally for Reproductive Justice. Local citizens and students unite to become one strong voice for reproductive justice. Tonight there's a poster making and info session at the Interface Center here in Carbondale starting at 7 p.m. Yes, and then <coughs> on Sunday uh, they're having the rally which is going to be across from the Eastgate Shopping Center uh, here in uh, Carbondale. That's on the east side of town on Route 13. And if you would like your happenings mentioned on your community spirit, please email me, info at yourcommunityspirit.org, or... You can also email me at treesong at treesong.org. I didn't say or you, I meant or me. <laughs> My name. Yes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, any other happenings? Uh, let's see. There's the Rally for Reproductive Justice, which actually, the issues they address covers more than just, you know, the issue of abortion. It covers health care reform, economic reform, environmental relations to reproductive justice, uh, education, child care, gender and racial equality, uh, LGBT rights, and so it's going to be a big event. So it's uh, Sunday from 1.30 to 3.30 at Eastgate, and I also have other happenings. Uh, if I can try them out from under my computer here, I've got a calendar of happenings for GLBT History Month, and uh, we've already had a few of those going on, um, but the some of the ones coming up, uh, today there's going to be a, a open house at the GLBT Resource Center on campus. <coughs> Excuse me, that's at Woody Hall, room B260. The open house is from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. You can go there and learn about uh, what they do and uh, the work that they do for the campus and community. Then coming up tomorrow, there's the, as you may have heard if you're anywhere in or around Carbondale, there's the SIUC Homecoming Parade. And there is going to be a uh, GLBT participation in that. The parade starts at 8 a.m. and there's going to be a tailgate for the GLBT Resource Center uh, on Saluki Row from 11.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. So let's see. Then also coming up next Tuesday 
Everything you want to know but we're afraid to ask. Defining and understanding GLBTQQIA. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if you you know, if you're already not entirely sure what GLBT stands for and you want to know what the QQIA stands for, uh, you can go to this informational meeting, which I plan on attending. Uh, it's going to be at the Student Center in the Mississippi Room at uh, 7 p.m. on Tuesday. So then Wednesday, there's the uh, discussion on the proposed GLBTQ studies minor. And uh, Thursday, there's uh, safe zone training, which is about uh, like creating safe space for uh, GLBT students and community members. That's going on on Thursday in the Mackinac Room at 3 p.m., and that's also Thursday is National Coming Out Day. Uh, all day throughout campus, they're going to have shirts and Sharpies. You know, you wear plain white shirts, and then you write on the messages supporting uh, encouragement for uh, the GLBT community. So it's a big week. And then there's more in the rest of the month that we'll mention as it comes up. Yeah, October is GLBT History Month. It <coughs> is also Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And Energy Awareness Month. So, be aware in a lot of ways. Yes, be aware or be square. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to a live show here of your community spirit. Yes. This is Orr. And this is Tree Song. And every Friday, we bring you an social talk show, local happenings, and world news. Yes. And if, uh, in case you didn't have your pen or your phonographic memory handy. <laughs> phonographic. <for those laughs> yes. <laughs> I... I have contact information for the uh, GLBT History Month. For more information on that, you can contact Student Development. Their phone number is 453-5714. You can also visit them online at www.stdev.siu.edu. So, exciting stuff going on this month. Again, if you would like your events on put on your community spirit, Info at yourcommunityspirit.org. Also, treesong at treesong.org. And now, the news. Puzzle piece. That is peace as in peace in the world. 
climate campaigners should have a shot at winning the Nobel Peace Prize. Word around the campfire is that campaign campa- climate campaigners Al Gore and Sheila Watt Coltier may be on a short list of nominees with a shot at landing this year's Nobel Peace Prize. The prestigious award, to be announced October 12th, has traditionally been awarded to human rights and peace activists, except for that, well, whole Henry Kissinger thing. In 2004, the Peace Prize Committee branched out somewhat to award environmental activist Wanangari Mathai, quote, for contribution to sustainable development, democracy, and peace through her Green Belt movement that has planted millions of trees in Kenya, marking the first time that the Peace Prize has been awarded to honor work in the environmental field. But will it be the last? Trace mm-hmm. to the source, Reuters. Yes. And that reminds me of an uh, a article that I'd like to mention from the Center for American Progress. Um, I, I want to create a link to this article that's simpler to remember because, you know, it's a big article for me. But it's the top 100 ways that global warming will change your life. Uh, it's at alternate.org slash story slash 63895. You probably could just do a search. Yeah, you could probably just do a search for top 100 ways global warming will change your life. Or even just global warming top 100 might bring it up. <laughs> but it's got all sorts of, you know, unfortunate facts about how global warming may change our life. Is there any of them good? Um, sadly, not really very many. <laughs> oh, man. But, you know, it's things like uh, French wines. You know, if the climate changes in France, then we might not be able to get wines from France anymore. And, uh, you know... No more champagne. No more champagne. Well, you know... Especially because there's other places that make champagne and call it champagne, but, you know, the real refined people say only if it comes from the champagne region. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, vanishing lakes, uh, penguins having troubles, uh, birds in your backyard not showing up. It's not, it's not a very, uh, you might want to sit down before you read it, but it's very informational. So, uh, top 100 ways global warming will change your life. Now, here's another example of an event going green. Yes. (laughs) Dropping the ball. Times Square, New York's Eve Ball Goes Green. The ball that drops in Times Square on New Year's Eve is, stay with us now, going green. This year, the 100th anniversary of the tradition, the fifth iteration of the ball will have an aluminum skeleton and lit by energy-efficient energy efficient LED lights with 16 times as many lights it will use half the wattage and therefore half the energy (laughs) of last year's ball that's the power equivalent of 10 toasters toasting for 6 hours for the curious says project lighting designer Christine Hope quote people are going to be blown away by the variety and saturation of the colors We'll advise staking out your spot right now. <laughs> yes. It's Straight to the source, away. the New York Times. <laughs> Got to get there now because in a few months it'll be crowded. <laughs> so in other news, wait and see. And that's see as in, you know, the big body of water. <laughs> wait and see. Senate may soon vote on UN law of the sea treaty. The U.S. Senate may soon vote on whether or not to ratify the United Nations law of the sea treaty an agreement between some 150 countries that lays out the basic rights and responsibilities 
that countries have to the world's marine resources. The treaty was signed by President Clinton back in the 1990s, but has never been ratified by the Senate. Historically, a handful of senators have resisted the treaty, due at least in part to pressure from UN-wary conservatives who are (coughs) acutely suspicious of the international body. But the melting Arctic has set the stage for countries with land in the far north to duke it out for rights to the largely untapped oil, gas, and minerals that are on the sea floor. Thus, the Bush administration has been prodding the Senate to ratify the law of the sea, which would give the U.S. an even footing with other Arctic nations staking claims in the area. The Senate Foreign Relations Committee is expected to vote on ratification soon, and a full Senate vote could follow some time after. Straight to the source, the Associated Press. Legislate Bloomers Congress to move ahead on climate legislation, Dems to send delegation to the U.N. climate talks after all. Congressional leaders in the U.S. House and Senate have said that they plan to push ahead in their attempt to pass cap-and-trade type climate legislation despite the Bush administration's renewed call to reduce emissions through voluntary technological partnerships instead. On Wednesday, Republican uh, Representative Rick Boitcher, Democrat of <coughs> Washington, and the House and Energy Commerce Committee Chair John <coughs> Dingell, Democrat of Michigan, released the white paper about a possible cap-and-trade system suggesting the U.S. should reduce emissions by between 60 and 80 percent by 2050. Quote, the United States needs an economy-wide mandatory gas ho- greenhouse gas reduction program, the paper said. In the Senate, the Environment and Public Works Committee plans to push legislation through the fall committee, the full committee, in December, just in time to impress the folks at the United Nations Climate Talks in Bali, Indonesia. And speaking of Bali, leading Democrats plan to send their own delegation to the meeting to present their alternatives to the Bush climate plan. Straight to the source, Washington Post, the Detroit News, The Hill, BBC News. So, so yes, in other news... I, I like it how... Th- does voluntary programs work? <laughs> well, uh, I guess one way to put it is it depends on who the volunteers are. <laughs> <laughs> Some people are better at uh, voluntarily being nice than others. Well, I mean, if it's a voluntary program, the businesses would do it already. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, that's part of the thing. You know, if they if it's voluntary, then... You know, the businesses that want to probably are already doing it. (laughs) Right. And the businesses that don't probably never will. There you go. (laughs) So, in other news, happy decouple. (laughs) States adopt decoupling plans to encourage energy efficiency. It's a scheme that turns the traditional business model on its head. Power companies can make more money by selling less power. Under decoupling plans, state regulators give incentive payments to electric utilities that encourage energy efficiency by their customers. Quote, Before there was almost a disincentive to go hard at efficiency because we weren't recovering our fixed costs, such as plant equipment, says a representative for Idaho Power. Now, the anticipation is that we will recover our fixed costs. Decoupling plans also reduce the need for costly new power plants a boon for both utilities and the planet. California has been decoupling utility profits from energy production for 25 years. Idaho, New York, 
Connecticut, and Vermont all adopted plans this year, and at least nine more states have made proposals. Half of U.S. states have adopted, or are considering adopting, similar plans for natural gas utilities. And why not? It's a win-win. Customers can save money, utilities get money, and the planet gets a break. Straight to the source, Christian Science Monitor. As you know, I personally have been following the decline of the incandescent bulb. (laughs) Yes. Actually, in my Oil Addicts Anonymous talk, I hold one up and I say, what is this? And people say, a light bulb. And I say, no. If you're going to call it anything, you can call it an antique light bulb. (laughs) But really, it's not a light bulb. It's something that produces heat. Yes. 80% of the energy that goes into it is used to produce heat. So... Technically, it's a heating element. So to call it a light bulb is the greatest marketing genius ever. Yeah. (laughs) So far, two countries have outlawed it outright. Now, China, incandescent descent. China joins campaign to phase out incandescent bulbs. China makes 70% of the world's light bulbs and has just agreed to participate in a campaign to globally phase out inefficient bulbs over the next decade. But you didn't hear it from us. China's participation in the incandescent hating campaign, which is being speared by Green Funder Global Global Environment Facility, will be formally announced at the United Nations Climate Meeting in Bali, Indonesia in December. Straight to the source, Reuters. Incandescent is on the way out. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, literally, if they don't make them, that 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 whoever came up with that that was a good idea. Yeah. Now someone's going to go around there still making them. Someone I mean, yeah, someone's going to still do it, but it's really I think they really will be extinct soon cause I, that'll be funny if they're on the, they're like a black market bulb. <laughs> yeah. Well, see I I joke about that sometimes, but I was talking to a friend of mine who, you know, uh makes fun of me for being a hippie and such, and uh even he it, it was just a no-brainer to him to use a uh, compact fluorescence because you know, why would you use an incandescent? Like, you know, there's no reason to now that we've got better technology. Right. Well, I mean, they're very, very cheap. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, if they're not made in China anymore, they will no longer be cheap. Yeah. Right? I mean, um, that would be funny. I mean, well, c- CFCs are illegal now, <laughs> yep. but pe- there is a black market for it. So, maybe eventually. Maybe they will. <laughs> so, Right now, take out your incandescents, replace them with a compact fluorescent, knowing that your incandescent will one day be worth money. Yes. So store it in a nice, safe place because that's an antique light bulb. Yeah. Someday. Someday you'll be selling it to the Smithsonian out of the back of your garage. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. In other news, I've got to go to this one. All's fair and we love more. Fair trade market boosted by consumer demand. So yeah, I'm a big fan of fair trade because it involves, you know, not having horrible conditions for workers and such. <laughs> An ever greener and ever more caffeinated world is boosting the fair trade market. Not just for coffee, but for products such as cocoa, cotton, tea, pineapples, and flowers. The fair trade certification, which holds growers to strict standards per child labor, pesticide use, recycling, and more, is not a phenomenon specific to hippie shops. (laughs) All Dunkin' Donuts in the U.S. and all McDonald's in England sell fair trade coffee. And uh, the evil Starbucks is also a big buyer. (laughs) 
while Sam's Club just converted some of its private label of, uh, co- of ground coffee to fair trade. So even the big giants are doing it now. <laughs> uh, it's still considered a niche market. In 2006, only 3.3% of coffee sold in the U.S. was fair trade, and only 27% of Americans said they were even aware of the certification. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't celebrate the trend with a glass of fair trade wine. (laughs) (laughs) Straight to the source, the New York Times, uh, PR Newswire. Uh, Yeah, so fair trade. There's a lot of it going on right here in Carbondale. What's up, Doc? (laughs) The UK judge rules inconvenient truth partisan, but still okay to show in schools. A judge has ruled on a British citizen's accusation that the United Kingdom's distribution of an Inconvenient Truth movie to secondary schools amounts to political indoctrination. And the strange, strange verdict is yes, the documentaries can be shown in school as long as the teachers follow guidelines as to not promote Al Gore's partisan political views to impressionable school children. Because remember in the movie when Al Gore said, Kids, climate change is bad, so you should always vote Democratic. No. I don't remember that in the movie. No, I don't remember that either. No. It wasn't in there. So, as long... That's the problem with having political spokespeople, or not even political, um, um, celebrity. Celebrity spokespeople promote an issue. Because people look at what they personally do, and it clouds the issue sometimes. Yeah. I mean... So they worry that showing it might be in favor of Democrats, because Al Gore is a Democrat. Right. Yeah. So... But luckily they ruled that, you know, as long as you don't say, like, go vote Democrat or something, (laughs) that you're allowed to show inconvenient truth. Yeah. And since it's an issue that relates to people of all political parties, I'm glad that they ruled that way. And I actually get to do the Inconvenient Truth presentation tomorrow and Sunday in Lexington. So <laughs> yep. I am I am one of the, I guess you could say, Al Gore's messengers. <laughs> yes. I, I hate saying that, but that's what people say. <laughs> I was one of a thousand people trained to go out and show that presentation. Yeah, well, you're one of Planet Earth's messengers. Yeah. It's Al like, Gore just helped a lot along the way. <laughs> well, I mean, he's been he's been <laughs> developing that multimedia presentation for 30 years. Well, let's see. I saw an original version of it 20, 22 years ago. <laughs> so um, it wasn't so high-tech then. It yeah. was slides. <laughs> so this has been another exciting, hopefully... And informative, hopefully, hmm. half hour of your community spirit. If you missed any of this, well, too bad. <laughs> See you again next week. I'm getting ice skates. I'm getting a jigsaw puzzle. I'm getting dying coral reefs. A blue bicycle. A walkie-talkie. I'm getting a severe drought. Cool block skateboard. I'm getting melted ice caps. A killer heat wave. A shrinking glacier. I'm getting a devastating flood. Adults are generous. We're even giving kids global warming. But it's not too late. We can still reduce greenhouse gas pollution. Go to fightglobalwarming.com. Brought to you by Environmental Defense, the Robertson Foundation, and the Ad Council.